Hello, world, and welcome to the next episode of Expect to Win. I am Lamar Thomas. I have with me, of course, my boy Brandon Evans, but we have a special guest on today. Um, we have a guy who is going to bless you completely. Uh, he has some obstacles that he overcame. He's made a pure, pure move uh, for himself and his family, and I'm sure he's going to get into all that with Coach Evans. Um, but I have Coach Cannon who is the head coach of Brantley County High School. If you don't know who they are, you better get ready because you're about to put them on the map. Um, so go ahead and uh, Coach Cannon, Coach Evans, I'll go ahead and let y'all do what y'all do. People that expect to win. Uh, coach Cannon, glad to, to talk to you. Glad to have you on here. Yes, uh, sir. Thanks to, for having me. No doubt. For, just to get us started, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, like Coach Thomas said, where Brantley may be, it doesn't stick out a whole lot on the map. Uh, but tell us, just about your current job and how it is that you got there. That's a, you know, yes, sir, well, thing to me. So, so I'd right. love for you to tell the world. Yeah, you know where it is. <laughs> I know exactly where it is. Yeah. And anybody how, that how needs know, to know, you know I am a proud 2008 graduate. You're a heron. Brantley County High School. Yes, You're sir. a heron for life. Uh, and you can you can check the internet as as the host Coach Thomas will will frequently say. Mm-hmm. Uh, the class of 2008, I believe, had the winningest football record over a period of four years. Now, I'm not going to give you the number, uh, but I can tell you uh, it was not a losing record. So, sure. Yeah, that's a good, uh, that's a good thing. That's and they're strong thing. at – I will tell you the number. It was 21 and 21. And if you look at it historically, that that's not bad. That's Very good. Yeah, I'm surprised there's not a statue there. Uh, they're building that, it now. They're, they're working that on it team, now. Of that team picture. Um, well, you know, uh, Nahana, Georgia, in Brantley County, is, a, is about halfway between Brunswick and Waycross on Highway 82. And uh, what's great about Brantley County High School is you can't miss it when you're driving from one place to the other because it's right there on Highway 82. And uh, the beautiful Caney Bay Stadium uh, is right there. And that's, uh, that's the, the home of the, of the Herons, one of the unique – I've had the pleasure of coaching at two uh, schools in the state of Georgia with, with, with you know, incredibly unique uh, mascots. You know, I did eight years at Glen Academy, and they're the Red Terrors. And um, yeah, does anybody know what a terror is? Uh, do we? I, I <laughs> you mean, know, I coached really at Brunswick High, you know, and, and, and we didn't like them, but I didn't know what it was. That's right. I mean, I've seen old uh, pictures of Tasmanian devils and all kinds of stuff, man. I, I don't, I don't really know, but. Uh, you know the red terrors and then the the the, the mighty herons. So we're uh, the Brantley County herons are are located in the Hunter, Georgia, right off Highway 82, and uh, pretty easy to find. It's a you know it's a, a rural county. Uh, it is just that kind of go between uh, between uh, Ware County and Glen County, uh, but you can't miss it when you drive through. And the you know I did I did 12 years in Glen County, um, so I was very familiar. Uh, very familiar with uh, Brantley County when I took the job, but I, but the way I had to get there, the way God worked it out for me and my family was very unique. Uh, I started at Kell High School in 2002 in Cobb County. Now I'm from, my wife and I are from Marietta, Georgia, in, in East Cobb. We both graduated from Walton High School. Uh, so Ed Dudley uh, was my uh, my head football coach for my senior year. That was that was the first his first year at Walton. He was 32 years young uh, when he took that job, and um, 
you know, you want to talk about making a lasting impression. Again, I only had him for, if you think about it, when a new coach comes in and you're in that senior class and, you know, that's a summer and then a fall. Uh, The only time I was involved with him and uh, we probably talk once a week. And I'm 41 years old. And that's the kind of impression that man had made on me. Uh, He's a big reason why I'm a football coach uh, and an educator. Um, And uh, so, you know, I'm I'm from East Cobb, uh, you know, Georgia. And so my first teaching job was at Kell in 2002. We opened the school. It was a brand-new school. I was there for three years. Greg Vandergrift was head football coach. He's now the the head football coach at Prince Avenue Christian uh, outside of Athens. And I believe it's Bogart. Uh, Georgia, mm-hmm. and um, I got that. Joe, it's interesting. His son Brock is a is a very highly big time. Yeah, I was going to say, is that the the quarterback stat? I've heard that name. Yeah, and so just a, a neat story there. In um, I showed up at Nicholson Elementary School one morning, and uh, that's what the the principal John Flat, who was my principal at Walton, was the first principal at Kell. So he's the one who who hired me. I was an accountant uh, by trade, and uh, I knew it just wasn't for me, and um, you know, I called John Flathurst. He was opening a new school. I was living in North Carolina at the time. And uh, he said, yeah, you know, send me your transcripts or whatever. And we met with the, the, you know, the county office. And they looked at my transcripts and said, you've had enough calculus to teach math. You want to teach math? I said, sure. You know, and the, and the rest is, is really history. Um, you know, our school wasn't finished yet. So we were work, doing our summer workouts at, at Nicholson Elementary in East Cobb. And I showed up one morning and and just, you know, was trying to you know meet some coaches and meet Coach Vandergriff and just say I'm, I'm willing to help. You know I'll work for free. I'll do whatever you want me to do. It's something I've always wanted to do. And and let's see. And, and of course Greg hadn't slept because Brock, his oldest child, had been born uh, that the night before. <laughs> right. So uh, you know I think he just celebrated his 17th birthday. Uh, Being recruited and, by everyone in America now. Yeah, he put out his top six. Uh, okay. You know, so if you're not Oklahoma, Auburn, or Tennessee or Georgia or you know UNC or Alabama then or Florida I think not Alabama Florida um, but he's uh, he's something but that's how I got in it and um, it was pretty pretty incredible and I worked there for three years and my wife's family is from Brunswick Georgia uh, her grandfather had been on the Glynn County School Board for 17 or so years and we said if we if we were ever going to move and start a family we felt God nudging us and um, so I uh, I found Rob Ridings at a uh, at a clinic in Atlanta mm-hmm. and gave him, I just introduced myself and handed him my resume and, you know, for, then we moved to Brunswick, Georgia. I was at Glen Academy for eight years. I uh, had a great opportunity to go on to St. Simons Island for four years and, and coach at a, a small GISA school called Frederica Academy, um, who's put out a couple of uh, great student athletes. you're so, excited about that. I'm very excited. That's it. I, I am an Auburn grab, and, and so sending sending some kids over there is, is pretty exciting too. And then, um, you know, it's interesting. I had always felt that you know God had uh, kind of created me to be uh, just a great number two. You know, just to be the best assistant I could be. If that meant coordinating, that's what it meant. If that meant uh, calling plays, that's what it meant. If that meant you know cleaning the locker room and doing the laundry, that's what it meant. And I felt like my skill set uh, had matched up with that. So I never really had a desire to be a head football coach. Right. And um, about three years in at Frederica, I just I started getting that, that inward impulse, you know, just that, that nudge that, you know, hey, you know, this, this is something I, I want you to do. It's a part of what I've called you to do. And so 
you know, I applied for some for some jobs and and um, and for and and got. To, I really enjoyed the interview process. You know, any time that uh, you can sit down and share your why to a group of people, that's exciting for me. Like I really enjoy it. You know, it's either going to be a fit on both ends or it's not. But any opportunity. I love taking advantage of any opportunity to sit in front of a group of people and, and, and tell them why uh, I do what I do. And um, so I, I was enjoying that process and, and I was talking to some superintendents and, and some principals and they were telling me that, you know, we really, really, you know, like you, uh, but we can't, we can't hire a, a guy with no head coaching experience from a, you know, from a, a, a school in the independent league. And I right. said, okay. And, and uh, so my, my, my friend Gary Varner, who's the head football coach at Alatoona High School, the only head football coach there, I guess he's 11 or 12 years, uh, they won a state championship 2015 against uh, Glenn Academy. I, they, I was about to say. That's right. <laughs> they sure did. So it's a, you know, our world just keeps getting smaller and smaller in, in, the, in the coaching world. You can be all over the place in this great state, and, and you're going to know folks. But uh, Coach Varner was the offensive line coach and offensive coordinator at Cal. And so we had been good friends, and, and I learned a lot, you know, early on in, in, in how to coach football. A lot, a lot of X's and O's from, from Gary. And uh, so we were great friends, and, and he had a, an Algebra two and AP statistics uh, opening in May. This was really late in May, and I said, uh, I called him. I said, Gary, man, you've got this, this opening. He's like, I know, and you're the first person I thought of, but you're never leaving down there. You're never leaving the beach. You're never going to do it. And I said, Gary, man, we need to, you know, we need to walk through this a little bit and, and see where it takes us. So, um, a couple weeks later, I was I was driving back up to to Cobb County to and moving my family. All four of my children were born in Brunswick, and uh, I was moving my family back to to Cobb County. And I thought for sure that God intended us to stay there two or three years. And um, I, you know, coached running backs at Alatoona. We. Uh, it was a rebuilding year. It was a down year, so we played 13 games. There you uh, go. You, yeah, you guys at Brooks know a little something about that. That's a you know that, that's a rebuilding year. Um, you know at, at Alatoona, so we had a great team, a great defense. Uh, went nine and four. We were up on Tucker in the quarters. Um, it was just it was a lot of fun. Ended up ended up at halftime. We were we were up up on Tucker and ended up ended up losing that ball game and ended the season. But it was a great it was a great year. Uh, or a great football season, but by the first week of December, I'm getting phone calls from from friends of mine um, that I know that are associated with uh, with Brentley County, and I knew that there was an opening, and and a, a couple two guys that I really trust uh, asked me to consider and 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 and, and uh, submit my name and and resume and whatnot, and I just I just did, I you know just kind of on a whim, and mm-hmm. uh, and I was able to. To get an interview, and, and again, I, I'll take it, you know, jump at the chance to share why I do what I do. Uh, and I went down there, and, and man, uh, met our principal, Dr. Ben Horner, our superintendent, uh, Dr. Kim Morgan, and and these are some great folks. And I, and I really enjoyed uh, the process, and a week or eight days later, they're offering me the job. Now, I'd only been at Altoona for a semester. Moved my family 300 and something miles for a semester. Wow! And, uh, and I I took the job and they wanted me to come at January 1st, so I did. Me and my oldest son Kirkland uh, loaded up U-Haul and moved back to Brunswick. Moved in with my mother-in-law, and uh, and I got to work. My wife and my other three children and dog, God bless her, 
uh, stayed in in Cobb uh, until the school year ended in May, and um, and then the rest of my family came down. But that that whole process was a whirlwind. But that's how I ended up at Brantley. And being in, in Glen for 12 years before that, I knew all about the kids. I knew the kind of kids. I knew the uh, the kind of education environment and things. And there was a lot of pluses for me there. So uh, I. You know, I knew I knew what I was getting into. I know a lot of people are like, "Gosh, they just hired somebody from Cobb County," but I, you know, I'm practically, uh, you know, hail yeah. from Brunswick, Georgia. So, man, I, I knew all about the, the Pender years. I knew all about, uh, you know, Mikel Collins. I mean, I knew, you know, I I got some film uh, from our current offense coordinator, Clint Cannon, uh, when I was at Frederica. That's right. Uh, from when I was at Frederica, because I I was interested in some of y'all's quarterback run game. You know, and when Mikel Collins was a quarterback at, at Brantley, and so and you should have uh, seen his brother, uh, oh, I know. Uh, Brandon, right now he played with Yo, you, didn't he? He did. Oh yeah. man, talk about a stud! Not many yeah. people play X and stand-up defensive end. So that's right. Uh, that's was, it, I, man. That's how I, that's how I got there. I was excited whenever I saw your name pop up, and the reason that I was excited uh, was I didn't know who you were, and I don't mean that in any. Uh, you know, disrespect anybody that was out there, uh, but it was a place where people had been for a long, long time, uh, and it was like, I don't know who Coach Cannon is, but he's not going to come in with mediocre expectations, and uh, the way things that have always been done, I'm sure, are getting ready to change, and that can't be Yeah, the old status quo was, was going to be unacceptable. Yeah, no so I, I, and I told my wife, I said, I I have no clue who this guy is, and that's a great thing because the worst would be uh, somebody that you knew, that knew of the program, and would have those kind of built-in expectations. Uh, we'll, we'll build in off of that. When you walk through the door, what are some things you liked, or it could be just one thing that you liked and something that immediately this has to change and go. This is the line. This is not going to happen. Uh, so, so some things you could build on, and then things you had to remove there at Brantley. Right. Well, you know, any any time, and this is about you know, this is a first head coaching job for me. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of um, of learning on the run. There's a lot of leaning on um, other guys that I've worked for as mentors for me and things of that nature. But, you know, like I told you previously, um, if this was not a school system. Or administration or county office administration that didn't um, understand my why you know which is the poor into high schoolers you know especially young men speaking truth and life into them modeling Christ-like like behavior and speech you know, meeting these kids where they are and encouraging them along their journey doing everything I can to point them to Jesus and point them to the cross if that was going to be a problem uh, I, I, I wouldn't have taken the job and so the first thing that stood out to me was the support of administration. So you talk about me not being from there. Well, Dr. Ben Horner, our principal, is not from there either. And, right. and so me and him, we're like the only two, you know. Right. <laughs> so, and, and, My mother is also a bookkeeper at the middle school if you ever want to go there go. and see her. There you go. And so uh, that's important uh, to me that my direct supervisor uh, also share, you know, he's from Coffee County. You know, his, you know so mm -hmm. he's, you know, from Douglas. So so he knows that the weight room is important, and he, you know, and he knows, you know, at least what it takes uh, to to try to build a program and, and be successful. So, uh, you know, I was at a clinic not too long ago where Jason Carrera, the head coach at Meadow Creek, 
was given a, a clinic just on uh, program building and culture and things of that nature. And he said, you know, he said, don't ch- don't chase good players, chase good administration. And that really that really resonated with me uh, because I've got a supportive administration, which I think the changes that we needed to make cosmetically and that we still need to make that we are you know working on a process to make it at Brantley are only going to happen through a supportive school board, a supportive superintendent, and a supportive uh, principal. So, you know, that really stood out to me. But you know, I knew we had the things I liked. I knew we had hard, we were going to have hard nosed kids that weren't going to be afraid to work. You know, they just needed a little direction. Uh, I liked that it was one horse town. You know, that was uh, something Ed Dudley really liked about Ware County. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one high school uh, in the county, so you're not you're not doing like that Glen Academy Brunswick battle. That's right. And I mean, we do have to we do deal with some of that, but it's 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 not gone on since I got there and right. uh, from other counties trying to to cherry pick some some talent, but. But again, it's a small rural community that, for the mo- for the most part, shares my Christian worldview. Well, that's important for me. That's important for my family. Um, but the, the first thing that needed changing in a, in a gr- the great the canvas to to build a football program in an academic institution in the state of Georgia is the, is the weight room. Um, so not so much the methods, but the kids needed to be intrinsically motivated to be in there. And in order for them to be intrinsically motivated, they needed to understand the how and the why. Why are we doing this? What for? How come? How, you know, what? How's it going to translate onto the field? So I had to do a lot of teaching in there. You know, I'm a I'm a math guy by trade, but you know, I wasn't also wasn't going to take a head football job without being allowed to be in the weight room. So I teach one algebra two class, and then I'm in the weight room the rest of the time. In the fall. They give me all my all my football guys fourth block. So um, I'm in there with Coach Cannon, our offensive coordinator. Our defense coordinator is going to be in there with us as well uh, this fall. So I'm really looking forward to that. But the weight room is really the, the place to be. So they needed to understand that if they didn't lift, they weren't going to play football. And that, that was something culturally that had never even been in the cards. Um, you know, it was a change in philosophy for sure. So I was there for – that first semester, that first January to May, and we had over 50 kids gain 11,000 pounds on three core lifts, Brandon. Oh, it's amazing. We we were slamming it, and they and they saw the numbers go, and they got to see a little fruit. You know, they got to see mm-hmm. a little reward for their sacrifice, and that's and that's where the buy-in had to start. It had to start in the weight room, and um, and and keep going from there. You know, so that was. I thought that was pretty important. You know, the weight room is a place that helps with confidence. We were we were pretty short on that when I arrived. Um, you know, another thing that needed changing was our was our attitude towards physicality and actual actual playing football. You know, we needed an identity, and you know that would support what we were doing in the weight room. So having a run first mentality on offense helped that too. And that, as you know, that was also a very new concept mm-hmm. at Brantley of course um you know if there was one thing we were going to do my first year we were going to run power and we were going to come off the ball up front and we were going to run downhill and so we committed to that and so we talked about it while we were slamming weights and we and we talked about slamming weights when we were installing you know fundamentals of running the power um you know and and so that was that was a pretty big deal for us so those were you know, those were some of the things that, that really that needed changing uh, 
immediately when I got there. Amazing. Good, good. And then you, you use the word culture. And as a football coach, especially if you're a football coach on any form of social media, uh, you're going to see that word uh, just, I mean, almost overused. I'm not saying that it is, but I'm saying it's almost overused. But yeah, for, it's, certainly, it's certainly the hot, you know, the it hot is. thing. Yeah. And, and what does what does that look like what when, whenever you're if you were explaining to somebody that is not uh you know not a football person that you wanted to change the culture what does that culture look like in your players the people that are uh you know carrying out what it is you need them to do and then also in the adults that you know you obviously don't treat your assistant coaches like you do your players not a a bad thing, but there's just different sure. expectations and the way that you have to lead them. But what does, if you were to say, this is what I want at Brantley, what does it look like? Well, you know, you're a social studies guy, right? I am. Yeah, so, you know, culture in its most basic definition is just a group's way of life. It's it's uh, their behaviors, their beliefs, their, you know, their values. Um, so, so we have we have core values, and uh, you know, there's a, a guy, Randy Jackson wrote, you know, he wrote that book, uh, Culture Defeat oh, Strategy, yeah. and um, it's really, really good. And he says he, he is a, the five minute rule, and he picked it up from some college coach, you know, 30 years ago. But the five minute rule, he says, you know, you can you can watch a team practice, and you can know their culture in five minutes. You can know what you can identify what's important to them in five minutes. And I thought that resonated with me. You know, that made me think, golly, what, you know, in any given period, any given time, what are we moving in a way that matches these these core values that my kids have picked? So, you know, I, I let the, the 2018 team, the entire team, um, selected our core values, and we're gonna we're gonna keep them. We're gonna keep. They're not gonna change for for a handful of years as this identity uh, start and this process continues. Uh, I think I'll. I think I'll start over again in a couple more years and let a new group um, kind of dictate our direction. But, you know, right now our core values are discipline, toughness, respect, pride, commitment, family, and leadership. And, uh, you know, our kids figured, you know, figure this stuff out. The first four are assigned a, a day of the work week, and the last three are for Friday night. So we discuss these values. We define them. I ask coaches to give examples of individuals who have exemplified that value that day. Uh, it's important to us. It's who we are. You know, we also uh, spend a lot of time talking about that. You know, E plus R equals O. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Uh, my wristband says it right here. That, I'd never right. take it so, off. So I'm a I'm a big uh, Brian and Timothy Kite um, fan. I like the Focus Three stuff. Uh, I like I like what they do, and I just kind of you know you know everything you know these days is, is stolen anyway. You know. What was, the, right. what was the last time I had an original thought, you know? <laughs> um, but it helps. It, it just gives you a good foundation to, to match the identity of our kids with some of this stuff. So we talk a lot about our response. You know, we can't you know, control the things you can control. We can't control each individual event, but we can control our response. So we talk about that a lot. Are we talking about an individual play? Are we talking about reaction, reacting in a way that would, that would hurt the team and give us a penalty? Or are we talking about... Um, when we're preparing for a test in school or sitting at the dinner table with our family. I mean, it's, this is so adaptive for, for life, and, and we focus on it. Um, you know, our response to, to individual events tells us 
and tells those around us who we really are. It's, it's character defining. We we think, and we we talk about you know no BCD, the blaming, complaining, and defensiveness. Um, you know, we talk about it as a sign of insecurity and immaturity. Uh, you know, the first five to ten minutes of our summer program, our our summer work days, is character education. And you know, last summer I took our our team through a four part definition of biblical manhood. So we you know we're going to focus on on just one part each of the next few summers. But it's a guy. I don't know if you ever heard of of, of uh, men's fraternity. I. I stumbled upon it in my church. My men's group in my church uh, did this thing called men's fraternity. And the guy is a pastor in Arkansas, Dr. Robert Lewis. And he, he played football at Arkansas like years and years ago, like for Lou Holtz. Like that's oh, how wow. long ago. Okay. Yeah. And so he, he came up with this definition of biblical manhood. And it's really how I have tied everything together with our kids. And it's a four-part definition. You know, a, a, a biblical man is is not going to be passive. He rejects passivity. Uh, he accepts responsibility. He leads courageously, and he expects God's greater reward in the end. Um, and Brandon, man, another reason that I love football is that it manufactures opportunities where a 14 to 18-year-old young man is offered a choice. He can either lay down and be passive, or he can reject that notion and that attitude with authority and stand up. You know, I tell my guys, you're going to fail some here. You're not always going to be successful. Uh, you're not going to be right every time. But this is a life skill. It's so applicable in the real world. I mean, when you're talking about getting married, when you're talking about having a job, when you're talking about having children. Um, you know, and as a coaching staff and mentors of young men, we, we can create opportunities for these our players to struggle. And... And I like that. I like I like to be able to, to create these opportunities. It's almost kind of like you're in this safe laboratory environment, you know. And, uh, and you just can, cre- yeah, you can create these opportunities for kids to struggle, it, for them to see how they're going to react. Not for me to see, but for them. These are we're trying to we're trying to build life skills, you know. And um, I tell our parents, you know, you talk about, you know, trying to c- communicate this vision, you know, with our kids. Well, I'm in front of our kids a bunch. You know, and I, I'm not in front of our, our our kids' parents and the community nearly as much. So when when I am, I've got to take advantage of that. And uh, and I tell them, you know, I tell them that we're gonna that it's gonna be hard. That we're gonna coach their son hard, but with a purpose. And that purpose is to to relay these uh, these core values, to teach them about discipline, to teach them about toughness, to teach them that respect is earned. Uh, you know. We want to create these opportunities for their son to struggle so that they can learn to persevere and stand up and stand in that gap for someone who can't, who can't stand for themselves. Um, it's, a very, it's a very building men for others lens, you know, that this stuff comes through. And it's, uh, you're talking about the game and the things that it can teach, and I know Coach Thomas can elaborate on this. There's no better uh, feeling, especially being in a classroom. Uh, and, I, you know, I teach six periods I think I have 117 students and the ones that do not and I teach juniors so I've got you know these boys are becoming men that's right uh, and the ones that have not been involved in I mean I will be obviously partial to football but they've not been involved in basketball baseball somewhere like you said where there is a safe space for them to fail uh, yeah. watching kids that have not done it handle 
adversity uh, is it it is it's difficult they don't know how to do it they immediately uh, go to confrontation they Uh can't diffuse situations they go to the blaming and the complaining versus by the time that I get our players in the classroom you know we've essentially uh, you know, the first part of the year is, is the third season that we've spent with them. That's right. And to see the way that they handle a 64 on a test or the yeah. way that You've given them the handle, tools. Yeah. yeah they have the way the that tools. they handle a, a, a social letdown, whether it be a girl problem or something right. like that, there is, there is joy in that just as big, if not bigger, than winning on Friday to see a kid handle a situation. When you know that there is another way that he can handle it that would not be near as successful. So that's a, that's a great nugget, manufacturing failure, uh, so that we can, we can build and learn from it. And then I can't help but thank Coach Thomas. Uh, Coach Thomas, you're with us, ain't you? I'm still here, man. Okay, I, I think about you. He talked about credit. the five minutes. He said, you know, you can tell in five minutes. Now, I've not done it because we happen to work in different schools and our school days happen at the same time uh, but I know within the first five minutes of going to Coach Thomas's school people kids get up and greet you and shake your hand and tell you who they are and what they're about so Coach Thomas whether you knew it or not your five minute rule is, is rocking it don't take but five minutes hey, that, uh, that school from, to see what's happening that comes from years of, of failing um, and knowing what, what to look for. I mean, it, you know, like I said, just being inspired. Um, and that's kind of what I contribute to being a coach, that a lot of people um, try to frown upon coaches being leaders. But I think that coaching gives us everything we need to be the perfect leaders. Um, and that's probably why so many of us are called to other leadership positions, just because we know how to handle the crowds, we know how to put things together, and then, of course, we just know how to create a mentality. Um, so my school, I try to make it mimic my mentality as much as possible because I expect to win at everything I do. Right on. Um, and, that's just, and that's just how I go. Uh, but, hey, man, I ain't trying to get into none of this stuff. I'm over here writing notes down, so y'all keep doing what you do. I keep well, hey, Coach part. Evans, here, hold on. Coach Evans, just one, one second, because I know you coached at Brunswick, right? So you, you've I been did. in Glen County, right? Now, I, I, don't know what it's, I don't know what it's like in Brooks, but what it, my eight years at, at Glen, uh, we almost we almost had 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 a definition of a of your average Glen County kid and and it was the kid that would not race another kid unless they knew they were going to win mm-hmm. they wouldn't well, compete they wouldn't compete not knowing if if they didn't already have it in in the bag and and that as as, as men trying to uh, trying to pour into the and disciple these 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 children that ate us up man that ate me up for 12 years in Glen County, and, 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 I've, and I've experienced it other places, but I just know for I was there for that long, and and I just didn't know if you'd experienced anything like I did. that as well. I was, um, we talk about you know expecting to win, and and you know that's the name of the podcast. Right. I played at Brantley for Coach Pender, and you know Coach Pender. I mean, obviously, as you were saying, the world getting smaller. He's now at Brunswick, sure. but he's he's a very successful head coach won a lot of games won a lot of games with talent uh that was not off the charts uh but he had and i still remembered it and it was i didn't understand it as as i was going through high school um but on everything whether it be a poster a t-shirt his was 
play hard, have fun, expect to win. That was his. Yeah. That was the motto. That's what it was. And I didn't understand that last part. Like I could play hard, I was gonna have fun, but I didn't yeah. know what it meant to expect to win. And then I went to Brunswick, uh, and it was exactly what it is that you're saying. You know, Brunswick is one of the only places I know that can turn out double-digit Division One and Division Two football players and average right at five and five. Yep, and it's because of that they would take the field. Um, and, and now that was my first coaching job, so I was learning. You know, there were right. probably seniors on there that knew more than I did, but I wasn't going to let them know that. That's but right. I'm there, and they would take the field, and we played my very first year of high school football. The schedule was Lowndes, Valdosta, Colquitt, uh, Tift, and Coffee. That was your region. Region, uh, yeah. That was your I love region. It. Camden. Oh, don't forget Camden. That's right. Um, so, and it was the uh, the the Welton Coffee, Tim Heron Camden. Sure. Uh, so you know, not to throw it around, it was we're talking three point stances coming at your lips. Yeah. Camden and our kids would take the field, and looking back now, nobody eleven for eleven was just downright better than us. And I'll even say Colquitt was not better than us. But our kids went out there waiting on a penalty that stopped the yep. drive, yep. waiting on a bad break so that they would have a reason that they lost. Yep. They were not an waiting excuse. On the, yeah, they were not yeah. waiting on that moment to overcome it. They just wanted to go to bed at night because they didn't expect to win. Now, when right. we played Grove, we were going to uh, win. Yeah. When we right. played... I don't even remember. Maybe Richmond Hill, Bradwell. When we played, sure. we felt good. Like you said, we know we're going to win this one. You know, but when we lined up against someone that traditionally had beaten us, and this can go in any facet of life, if we did not know we were going to win, like you said, we were looking for the excuse to be able to tell people on Monday, man, we'd have won if, we'd have won if, if they would have called that pass yeah. interference. You're if so insecure. Just, yeah, yeah and, and, it, and then I came to Brooks. I'm so fortunate uh, for, for Coach Butts to make a phone call. And our kids here, uh, and it was eye-opening for me. Until now, it's become just my absolute expectation. Not for myself. I've always had it for myself uh, in my personal endeavors. You know, I'm just not, I'm not going to fail at something I really, really want to do. And I don't mean that to sound arrogant. It's just I whittle down what it is that I really want, and I'm going to find a way to get that done. Uh, but for our players, we y- you give us a bad call. Like if it's third and, and eight and we get a pass interference, the Brooks County Trojans start jumping up and down like, okay, now we're really going to get you. Yeah, it's on. You now. know what I mean? Yeah, you, you give now. us three, at least three more opportunities. I yeah. mean, it's, you know, we take the bad breaks and we turn them into like, okay, well, now we're going to have something to talk about that we overcame on Monday versus – you know we're gonna we're gonna go to bed knowing that we did everything we could and it was somebody else's fault and that you know I don't think young people understand how much of the world they actually have in their hands how much opportunity is out there for them to succeed if they just like you said don't be passive go do it you know don't don't sit there and I've read something about are you the hammer or the nail you know, and sure. the hammer controls things, and the nail just goes where it's told. Kids and people got to figure out which one it is that they are. Uh, we we I were created. We were created to to 
to to stand, especially as as men. Now I've I've, co- I've been the head girls lacrosse coach before. <laughs> yeah, I've I've, <laughs> I've coached girls in track and field, and and I've coached them just as hard. But but these young Her men coach that we Thomas coach, is a girls basketball aficionado, so he knows yeah, and, they, and they can grind and get after it. But it's a different animal. I can Way different. That's right. I can look these boys in the eye and tell them that they were created by a creator to stand. Not to lay down. Right. Not to be passive. To stand and to lead. And so that's why it starts with this, this biblical definition of manhood starts with rejecting passivity because you've got to get up. And then you've got to take ownership. You've got to accept responsibility. Now, as a head coach, <laughs> you know, I'm responsible for things completely outside of my control because I'm the head coach, period. So if the buck you know, stops with me, it's a good illustration for our kids because the buck stops with me whether, whether I, you know, I can't play for them. I can't right. be out there. I got to, I got to call, they paint lines, hold me back. I can't be out there. I'm not allowed. So, but I have to accept responsibility no matter what. And then, and then, you know, that's why the third part of the definition is to lead courageously. That doesn't come till later. You've got to do some standing. You've got to do some rejecting. You've got to do some some accepting of responsibility before you can lead. That everybody was designed to be out front. I I, I understand that. Um, but but leading courageously in your home, leading courageously in your marriage. Like we're trying to teach these kids, you know, that when they become men, it matters. They were made for a purpose. And gosh, the last thing, you know, accepting God's greater reward, knowing that there that the trust and the faith in this in this creator matters. That's important. And it, it's, it's why a, it's, it's, it's a, why I do what I do. It's a growingly difficult thing to do because as we're saying this in our weight rooms and practice fields, the world is gonna tell them a totally different the world's it's almost, say, well, it's, yeah, it's telling us that we're that to tell to tell a young man that he needs to you know grow up and stand up and, and and not be passive and be a leader and be a leader in a marriage, be a leader in a home. We're we're like alt right. We're like evil, yeah. like for mm-hmm. saying that. And I'm I'm sorry. That's just how we were made. I agree. And the, I mean, even in our you know in schools and stuff, you can. It's it, crazy. There's so many different excuses that are made for kids and not even not even by parents i mean there's so many crutches in the system that don't want a kid you know that want to they want to let kids know that whatever effort you're comfortable giving is going to be enough and we will make up the rest and if if, if we don't ever push past you know what we're comfortable giving then we never get anywhere and then I'll, I'll, i'll end with with this question how do you get them to understand it because it's a question that I don't know that I could answer because I was fortunate I came to Brooks and Coach Thomas and Coach Freeman had already kind of chiseled out uh, that mentality and the the kids here you know their uncles and and dads were Trojans and they were good so it's just kind of going through their veins but you know Brantley I would I would assume is, is, is similar you know and now I've not been back in 10 12 years uh, but I would assume it's a similar, you're going to expect to beat certain teams, but then whenever you play, I would say Pierce is probably in their heads, not to get too specific, but 
you know, how do you get them to expect to win and to expect to, to beat right. the challenge across from them? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, uh, people aren't banging, banging down my door and blowing up my phone to get on a podcast, especially, surprisingly enough, we're talking about winning. Um, historically, I, I say historically, well, let's, let's just say forever. I mean, you only a program that's been around since like 1950 mm-hmm. has, only made, has only made the playoffs two times. Yeah, yep. Two, two times. I will and, tell you this, um, and it was, it was my junior year that that happened, and we had a parade. Yeah, yeah. There was a parade, and I don't mean like they lined up out front as the bus was leaving. I mean like Thursday afternoon, walk through downtown yeah. parade. So. Believe it. Believe it. So, so it's interesting. So, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not like these other places, you know. Um, they had a hurricane game uh, get canceled non-region the season before I got there, so they only played nine games, went one and eight. Mm-hmm. I came in, we went two and eight. Of the ten, our ten opponents, uh, there wasn't a single school, a single team um, that we were better than athletically. Right. Um, there were there were two games out of our ten that we were favored in, and we won both of those. And that's you know what I mean? Like that's, we, that's, that's the mental so right there. We, we right. So we went two and eight. So so how do we get them? How do I get these guys, the coaches, the players, the community, over over that home? Um, and how many of well, your the guys on your staff? Just as so that listeners can understand the the scope of what it is you're trying to do. You have coaches that work for you. How many of them went to Brantley County High School and have only coached at Brantley County High School? Uh, only two of them have, uh, that, that graduated have only coached there. Uh, my offensive line coach, A.J. Hendricks, uh, who's a sensational uh, football coach, um, has, has been a handful of places, which has really helped. But he, he played there as well. So that's three total that play there. And then my offensive coordinator, Coach Clint Cannon, has only coached at Brantley. He's been there like 15 or 16 years. So you're, you're you know, not only in the players, but, right. I mean, you're, you're leading adults to, to that, kind of That undo, don't know any way. different, Coach. That right. don't know any different. No, I, I take are, that back. Those so, are my best friend. I mean, you've got yeah, it's Coach four. Patrick yeah, it's, Steve, who is that's right, it's four. the coach best man Steve, in my wedding. That's right. Coach Seth Hendricks, Coach A.J. Hendricks, and Coach Stephen Howard, all four played there. And uh, three of those four have only coached there. Yeah. So now back yeah, to so you want to talk about culture, it? right? So how do you do it? Okay. Well, I think I think you I think I don't think it's any different at Brantley than it would be anywhere else. New guy coming in trying to change the culture, and I just think it's relationships. If if the kids will believe what we are telling them. If they'll believe, if they'll trust us and believe, um, we can make it happen. So this, this first go-round, this first season, we talked a lot about not scoreboard watching. Like, we can't. We cannot worry about that. Most of the people we play are a lot better than we are. They're a lot bigger, a lot stronger, and a whole heck of a lot faster. So let's just worry about the four to six seconds, the four to six seconds that it takes for that play to play. Do your job, do the best you can, and then turn the page. I don't care if we gave up a 60-yard run. I don't care if we executed a 60-yard run. Turn the page and let's play the next four to six seconds. So that was really, that's what got us through 10 games last season, to be honest with you. 
Um, you know, but we're we kind of take this this 3D approach, um, you know, this body, you know, mind and, and heart approach, and, and to be about relationships. So, and it, it goes even when I'm hiring coaches. You know, it's the most it's the most important thing that I look for. I think anyone can pencil whip anybody on a board talking X's and O's. Um, you know, but can you but can you go so deep with your love for our kids that they will hang on your every word and execute at the highest level possible? That's what I want. That's what I think will bring about change. That's what we want at Brantley, and that's where we're headed. It's a process, and and it's this it's this turning the page, man. We got to get over it fast. We got to have short memories. I agree, and, Nick. You, you hit the you hit the nail on the head, Coach Thomas, and I talk all the time, and we're biased to think that. Uh, you know, coaches make better teachers uh, because we are forced to, you know, Coach Thomas coaches defensive line. He's only got six or seven guys that he can depend on. That's all he's got. There's not a – he ain't you – know, there's no more coming if none of them can do it. And we have to build that relationship to failure is not an option for this guy versus, uh, you know, and I'm not in any way bashing teachers, but – you can see where if you can't do what I've asked you to do, then you just can't do it and you fail versus right. the coach's mentality says, I don't have a choice but to get you to this level. And Well, I've, I've long believed that your best coaches are your best teachers. And another thing, when I got to Brantley, I had no classroom teachers. No. They were in PE. They were in special ed. They, they mm-hmm. were no, nobody stood in front and had, had to take ownership of a hundred kids and their academic endeavors, mm-hmm. and so I've hired. And since so a year's gone by, and, and I've had to hire two guys, and um, and and one of them's dang teacher of the year. Amen. And he has a pa- and he has a passion for teaching government, and and so I'm and I'm fired up to have this guy join us. Um, you know, got to get a you know got to get the you know him in front of our kids. And when I say our kids, I mean my kids too. When they're going to become the Brantley, my own children, like right. this is, they're going to be in their. Cl- I want them to have these guys as teachers, so that to to learn. I mean, it's it, but it it starts with them. It starts with our with these guys too. Now, if my my coaches aren't aren't going to buy in, I can't even dare think that any of the kids will. And when right. I say we got to get them to to trust us, I don't just mean me. I mean, I mean every assistant. They they've got to mm-hmm. have that relationship with their unit. You know, and and just you know, in this in competition, that's another. I know we touched on it a little bit talking about old days in Glen County, but you know, nobody wanted to compete. You know, we had to we had to do that. I had to create opportunities in the weight room for us to compete against each other. And yeah. we'll go out, you know, we'll go out and practice, and you know, after lifting weights, we'll throw a helmet on over the summer. We'll go out and and just scrap everything and do and do you know one on ones and keep yeah, score. Yeah, you've got to. And just I get think after you it. can ever eliminate the fear of failure, and that's something that I see right. in our kids here at Brooks is they don't care who is across from them because they're not afraid to fail. Now, that's right. competition don't. breeds success, Coach. Competition breeds success. So we're going to compete in the weight room. We're going to compete at practice. We're going to do the best we can. You, know, you have to have a burning desire to defeat the man in front of you, and and we're close, Coach. I'll be honest with you. I've got a a group of kids, you know, ride this this senior group that's coming up. These these 2020 kids, I'm excited. They get it. They get it. They're multi-sport athletes. We encourage them to go play baseball and basketball and tennis and golf and run track and all that stuff. 
we want them to do it. We love it. Uh, uh, I can I can say uh, that the alma mater is in good hands. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fired up for what uh, is coming for the school that I graduated from. You've been... And you've uh, your energy drink in a in human form. So this <laughs> this has been great to talk to you, Coach Thomas. Anything? Uh, and listen, in conclusion, he, you want to want to jump up on here? Oh uh, man, he he he's a fired up individual, and like I said, it was a privilege. Um, and I'm glad that you came and blessed us with, you know, the opportunity to come in and, and speak like you did. And I think that you've blessed a lot of people. Um, and I know that the people there at Brantley going to be completely blessed. Um, my only nugget to you is just be consistent. You know, consistency is going is going to keep that thing going um, because I know it's hard sometimes when you're a leader and you're in the front because it seems like you're by yourself. You know, it seems as if nobody else is with you at times. And sometimes when you empower so many other people, you drain yourself. Um, so you just got to find, find your way to, you know, to keep that power going and just stay consistent. And a lot of times when you stay consistent, you break that wall down and, and you break that wall down, hey, listen, man, opportunities are endless for you. So just stay consistent, Coach. And coach, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yes, sir. Well, hey, that's uh, that's what I've got. I, I know, uh, you know, and I know you're going to ask to leave with something, and I think it goes with what he's been talking about. Uh, and I, I thought about it with the weight room. Everybody wanted to jump on the arc, but nobody wanted to help build it. So that's uh, right. Don't forget that, man, whenever it's. It's getting it tough and grimy. It's a fist fight, man. It's a daily fist fight. Well, everybody will want to jump on whenever the weather cools off. Nobody's going to want to help build it, but (laughs) you just keep on hammering. I know we are on this end, and it's it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Well, thank you. The honor was mine. Hey, listen, man. We are awesome, man. That wraps it up. Again, just thank you for listening. Till next time. Peace. See y'all. Thank you for listening to the Expect to Win podcast. We would love your feedback to help us grow. You can reach out to us at expecttowin365 at gmail.com. You can search for us on Facebook at win, win, win. It will pull right up. We're also on Twitter. We appreciate your support. If you got us on podcast, go ahead and share us and like us um, and give us a few stars and let us know how we did. Thank you.